episode number 180-something of Forever Bristol City podcast. We're in a good mood because the final score, Ashton Gate, in the lunchtime kickoff, it finished City 2, Blackpool 0. I am joined in person by uh, Neil, and uh, Ian's in the background with uh, a potentially dodgy connection, but uh, everybody else says uh, that uh, it sounds okay, what we're saying, those of us that are uh, here. Um, I'll start with uh, Neil, since he's uh, right next to me. I mean, look, Neil, that's um, one defeat only now in the last 12 league games. What are your initial thoughts on the, on the game? Scrappy game. Uh, I thought Blackpool um, were by far and away the poorest side we've seen in the game this season. Uh, couldn't string two passes together all game, realistically. But I think we huffed and we puffed, particularly in the, in the first half. And it was just a question of actually getting a, a messy win, a dirty win, so to speak, Dave, with regards to it. And uh, the finish from Vyman set it up. Yeah. Fantastic finish. Our first goal of the season from outside the box. Yeah. Worthy of winning any game Worthy at any level. Fantastic. On his weak foot. And I don't think he's, he's obviously not been great. His levels of last season, he hasn't been able to other than the first four or five games of the season, he hasn't been able to hit those levels. He's probably frustrated about lack of game time, being on the, sat on the bench and everything. But fantastic goal for him. And then as soon as Alex Scott's goal went in, that was the end of it. Game no over. Way, game over. No game way Blackpool were coming back from that. OK. Um, Mark is uh, in with us. Mark, good afternoon. You can hear us good OK? Good afternoon, David. Yeah, on me Baker-like, Baker foil wrapped, uh, wrapped device. Yeah, I can hear you. Everything's fine. Good, good, good. Well, what were your thoughts on the game walking away from uh, Ashton Gate in front of 19,000? I can't believe it was 19,000. No, no. I think some of them were safely tucked up at home with a nice, uh, with a nice uh, uh, cup of hot chocolate and, and, a, and, a, and a, you know, on the, on the sofa. But no, I mean, you look at Andy Vyman, hadn't scored uh, since November against away at Middlesbrough. And it just shows that class is permanent. I mean, you live for goals like that. An absolute stunner. Although City huffed and puffed, they created lots of chances. It was just down to quality in the final third. But we kept we kept our discipline. Didn't really give Blackpool Paul a, a sniff apart from one mistake, which I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll t- late in the first half, which I'm sure we'll touch upon. But what a goal. It, it lifted the crowd and Alex Scott finished it off. We kept at it and it was a deserved three points. We actually got what we, what we deserved. We've, you know, we wasted we wasted chances in, a, in for the last few games, but today, uh, well, that will have lifted the cl- lifted the players, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll they'll take a few more shots like that from outside the box in future. Well, that's something that we've been saying: shots outside the box. And again, we talk about the goal in in, in a moment. Uh, Ian, uh, if you're there, uh, if we can uh, hear you, what were your uh, initial thoughts on the game? You know, the pluses, mainly pluses, but I'm sure you'll find a few minuses there as well. Hello, Ian. No. All right. Neil, starting lineup. Um well, Matty James was uh was not featuring, so in came uh, Andy King, but the side picked itself, although the bench was uh, quite weak looking, wasn't it? Did Andy King come in? I thought I don't think Andy King came in because he played in the week, didn't he? Did he? Did he yeah. start? Yeah, he started. Oh, he did, he didn't started, he? He started yeah. up at oh, right. in the week. It's final, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I was going mad there for a was going, going mad there for a moment. Um, yeah, I, I think it was natural. I, I don't fall out with the idea of Matty James not starting if he's not fully fit. I mean, Alex Scott, one booking away from a two-match suspension, and then we're all... We're, no, we're, in a bit, we're in a bit... So, you know, if you've got the opportunity to just tweak things around a little bit and not risk Matty James, I would... I, 100% agree with the decision not to risk him. Yeah, so he was, and he didn't even make the bench. So, yeah. yeah. And and he's got to be a doubt for Luton Wednesday. And, Luton and Wednesday because that's a tough game. That that will be a tough game. Well, they've, uh, what did Luton do? They won, I think they won today. They, yeah, they did. They were, they won 1 0 yeah. at Sheffield United. It's a tough game. Tough but game. in saying that, if you look at the, uh, at the league table, Luton are there, oh, they're on 60 points now. Yeah. All right, I was going to say, if we won that, I mean, it was uh, 57. 
before today. So, uh, I mean, going into a really tough run of games over the next month or so, a win today was a must. After yeah. the Huddersfield not getting a result, well, okay, got a point, but losing at Cardiff today, the result was everything really for me. Scrappy performance, and I'm sure we'll get to it in a moment. Okay, Mark, what did you, what did you think about the uh, about the lineup? Um, it, no surprises there, and you know, a couple of youngsters on the bench. I think it was uh, somebody said beforehand that uh, Low was it Callum Low? Callum Wood. Callum Wood was in the uh, 18 for the first time. Yes, Mark. Speak. Sorry, I don't. I was on mute. Yeah, Callum Woods. I hadn't heard of Callum Wood before, so I'm glad uh, I was filled in on that by uh, the internet. There's not much on the on the. There's nothing on the city website apart apart from the fact that he's a, a defender, uh, and that's it. So um, I hope they do a better job of, of putting some more content about a player that's in the first team squad. But yeah, the team picked itself. Ian t- said to me that he thought uh, Vyman plays a number ten, so that meant that uh, Scott. And uh, and King were playing is is the two holding midfielders, and I think you know that that puts a lot more weight on Scott's shoulders it, it was, in terms of being at the creator uh, as a sort of you know as a sort of um, Perlo type you know creator who has to play passes and uh, do a lot of work at the base of the defence. But he did, but he did both excellently. Um, and also, I'll tell you, I had a great game. Jada Silva, left back, I thought he was really competent, defended well and got forward well. And Harry Cornick didn't look too bad. Dropped, you know, dropped in, made well, some, when he came gave on. some useful passes. Yeah, he, he, it's, I don't. I think we're going to have to be patient with him. He needs a pre-season. He had injury problems at Luton. And I think until he has a pre-season, he's going to have fluctuating performances. He's a, he's a player we would have bought at the end of the season, but the opportunity came up in January and we we got him. But at the moment, we're down to the bare bones. Sometimes uh, results are better than performances, but our persistence and that of a unified team who continue to play play football, uh, even though you know some of our finishing is wayward, it's got to yeah. be admired. So yeah. we're looking up the table, but that will be a tough game. Well, I think, against I think, Luton. I think, yeah, I think you know if we can finish in the top ten. And well, the point, the point there will be, you know, it, one of the, the one of the uh, one of the divisions. Lesser grounds. I think they're having a new one built. Yeah. Uh, no, if we can so, finish in the top ten, that'll be an that, that'll be that'll be superb. And wasn't it great? Omar Taylor Clark getting another 10, 15 minutes. I didn't think Andy King will last a full game. And for a player who, apart from a lone uh, a lone spell uh, with uh, with Yate with Yate Town, has only played under twenty three football. What a meteoric rise! Let's hope he gets more minutes. All power to him and the club. Absolutely brilliant for him, and you know, yeah. hope you get hope you get another chance soon. Yeah, let's get into the uh, action then. In fact, well, there was quite a lot of inaction at the start of the game because uh, Gary Medine, uh, a, a number of the players seem to have struggled finding their footing uh, today. But Gary Medine went down, and then about two minutes later, after a lengthy treatment, <coughs> he went down again. Um, it was a bit of a stop-start. For the game really, and you, you, you thinking when he went down twice, you think, uh oh, this is Mick McCarthy and our former player Terry Connor bringing shithousery in as early as five minutes in an attempt to uh, waste time. I think you're being a bit harsh that He came, he came through, and he uh, he clipped uh, Pring, didn't he? And then Pring stayed on his feet, then went down, and it was free kick. And everybody just focused on that. And it was around about the same area of the pitch as Rob Atkinson, wasn't it? And yeah. And Sunderland, over, over on that sort of thing. So if you weren't sort of paying attention to it, and, you know, he, he would have made a difference for them today, I think, Medin. He would have given them a focal Physicality. point. Physicality. Yeah, a focal point. And he's like, back he's, in the he's room. An important player for them up front. Yeah. Looks like, are you, are you uh, back in the room now, Ian? Probably I am. Yeah. Fantastic. Don't know what was happening before, mate. Whether you tried oh, a different yes. connection. Well, we're into the action, so we've done the uh, the the, the um, team lineups and what have you. I think uh, it was funny uh, about saying about about Gary oh, Medine oh, about Barry Medine going down because there's a joke in there. But uh, there you go. Yeah, we won't do that. All right, let's uh, let's crack <laughs> on. Let's say we're into the action now. Ian City started started brightly like they did against Hull. You know, lots of fast pressing movement and what have you, and. Uh, Vyman uh, set Sykes up and then took a return pass. Uh, it, it looked like Vyman 
was on his game overall today. We'll come to the goal later. But that was the first chance of the game, wasn't it, Ian, when it went over? How did you see that? I saw our... Um, I thought we were high on quantity, low on quality in the, in, in the whole first half. The runs that the strikers and the midfield players were making were good off the ball. But when they had the ball, as usual, I have to say, the delivery was poor in the main and the strikers weren't getting across their defenders at the front post. So I thought Andy Vyman had a better game today, but then then again, he was playing 10 and supporting one striker. He's probably best playing 10 in supporting two strikers, but at least he wasn't playing right wing or, God forbid, right wing back. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, a case, case of you know square pegs in square holes. Yeah, he did well. Mark, and I'll... I'll talk to each of you about this, uh, but you, you first, Mark. Um, we had all that early pressure. In fact, in the game, you know, 18 shots, three on target. Uh, I don't recall us testing the keeper massively, but uh, after all that early pressure, Mark, we almost uh, went behind, didn't we? And it was a bit of a comedy of errors through the middle. And then Yates, 17 games without a goal for him, the opposing uh, centre-forward, a player we were linked with uh, back, uh, in the, uh, back in the summer, uh, he should have done better with that, shouldn't he, Mark? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I was I, I I dropped out. Then what are we talking about? Are we talking about? No, just chance? talking about the chance that Blackpool had on the, the half hour mark when uh, the ball bounced through the middle and Yates somehow managed to stumble it wide of the post. Yeah, I watched that several times at half time. Just a straight free kick by Maxwell. Uh, Viner got under it, unfortunately. Bounced out, uh, you know, got under the balls. It bounced off the pitch, which can be very true at times, unfortunately. Very good service. And he ran through and he was to the left of the goal. But I think he wanted to take the ball round Max O'Leary and he just put, hit the ball too hard. He just drifted past the post. So it was neither a shot nor a dribble round the keeper. Max stood up well, but he made a complete and utter mess of it. You, you you watch it back and it's it's a really poor miss. Yeah. He does neither one thing or the other. He doesn't take it wide of the keeper. He should have taken it wide on his left foot and then hit it back into into an empty net. He 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 uh, he dribbles and just loses a ball more or less by push trying to push the ball and then it's gone past the post. Yeah, a striker low on confidence, you would say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's uh, unfortunately that's true of a team near the bottom of the table. Um, you know, you've got to take the chances when they come, and that was the only chance that they had in the first half. No, it was. How did but the best how chance of the game? It? Yeah, how did you see it, Neil? I mean, Zach. Well, uh, for, for me, as a centre back, back in the day, back in the, the day, back in the day, back in the day, back in the day. You haven't got early onset Alzheimer's, then you can remember. Uh, before, uh, yeah, I had my birthday last weekend. Did you? I was hit the big five out last week. Did you? I did indeed. Oh. So I'm welcome to the fifties club, isn't it? But the back, back, back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never let Cardinal Sin, you, you don't let the ball bounce. Yeah, he let the ball bounce, he came forward to do it, then got caught in two minds. But for me, from the dolman watching on, Pring pushes Yates in the back. So, so when he's going round to the left, you see Pring get behind him, slight push in the back, and then he stumbled forward and he took that extra touch. So, he, he lost control of the ball based on that push. Do you think I've if he'd have gone down, he might have got a pen there? Well, the linesman didn't flag it. No. I think everybody was caught out somewhat. Big kick up, big kick up. Everybody's looked up. Even the ref was about 30, 40 yards behind. Yeah. Everyone's expecting Zach Viner to win that ball. He lets the ball bounce over his head. Yates is through on goal. Prim comes across, puts a hand on him, slight push, and then he stumbles over the ball. And it's not... If you watch it back, yeah, because I haven't seen it. It was, it was a. It, I said to the guy yeah. in front of me, I said, "That's got fast savage over it because it looked, yeah, clumsy, yeah." And I, I mean, I, I'm about to um, uh, mark on this because I haven't been home yet to actually watch it back yeah. on Skype. But for me, it's the type of thing that VAR would probably pick up on. Yeah, you know, interesting. A push in the back. He's through there, and if there's a push on the back, clear goal scoring opportunity. Hey. Plus, yeah, red plus, plus red card for print. <laughs> how did you see it, Ian? You're that you're that side of the pit, well, you're Dolman side. But how did you how did you see uh, that incident? Did you see the push that uh, Neil is alluding to there? Whose mobile phone is that going off? I don't know. Probably Mark's. We carry on speaking. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I think 
I, I think it had been harsh if it was given. I can understand what, what Neil's saying, but I mean, Yates should have made that bumping. And I think what did Viner was the midfield player, I think it may have been Scotty, jumped up in front of him and he thought he was going to head the ball. And instead of heading it, he missed it. And then it bounced and went over Viner's head. Uh, mm. it was, any way you look at it, it was pretty poor defending. But I mean, to be fair, we've had a makeshift, so say, well, it is a makeshift back four the last two games and kept two clean sheets. So perhaps that tells you something that if you, if you're going in the, the other direction, most of the time, then you can get away with it. But, Oh, I mean, Yates should have made that bump in the net, but he hasn't scored in 17 games. Um, and I think last season he's scored earlier this season, he's scored, but, uh, but his second touch when he took it around O'Leary was awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really real concrete boots job. Yeah, and on that form, a player that we were linked with, but on that form, probably uh, dodged a bullet there. Uh, in when you look at what he's been like uh, this season, because I think a fee of two or three million was mentioned, but we, we don't know nothing about transfers. Well, he's been he's been injured, and so so's Medine. So it surprised me that uh, McCarthy. Well, it surprised me in one way and not in another. That McCarthy started with them both today because the conundrum in uh, in midweek was, are, a are either of them going to be fit? If they are, they're not going to be hundred percent fit. But I think Mick McCarthy thought, right, I'm just going to go for it, um, and put them in. And then complete accident, a little seemed a little bit like the Rob Atkinson incident where he did his ACL, um, bring his his turn in to pass the ball back and and. Medine comes in and uh, seems to get a bash in the side of his knee, and he was on, uh, he was on crutches after walking around. So, you know, you're going to get a. a don't, well, I suppose we're the last club for any to, for anybody to say, well, you know, these things happen because they have happened with us. And if you yeah. look at players, I mean, we've got a 23 man squad, and at the moment we've got seven injured or in rehab and one out on loan. I mean, which is why. Omar came in and I think did really well the time he was on the field today. I loved his energy, his composure and his passing. Um, and, and we've got Andy King drafted into central midfield. Yeah. He hasn't played a lot of games this year, but once again, I thought he did well. Yeah. Let's get into the uh, second half. I just make a oh, point. Neil wants to make a point. Yeah. Just a point about the squad for the other people, for uh, Ian and Marker as well. Looking at the bench today with Callum Wood on there, that gives a demonstration of quite how far gone now Idahen is, isn't it? For Idahen not to even be on the bench where you're bringing in a player that doesn't even feature for the under-21s on the bench as your sole centre-back. And Idahen's playing in the under-21s. He was, but he was captain of the under-21s as well. Not to have him on the bench shows you, I would say, Nigel's views on Duncan Idahen yeah. at the moment. Or when you're out, you're out. When you're out, you're out. And there's there's lots of rumours with regards to yeah. shenanigans at the start of the season that we don't need to necessarily do. Obviously, he had the the thing that in the week with Hannah and the Well, Sango. we're talking. I was not. I've just yeah. said that. We're talking about that yeah, after we've done the game. Um, uh, Mark, let's get. In. I expect everybody went for their half-time cup of tea, thinking, "Uh oh, here we go again." You know, a game where we dominated. Well, you, you, know, you probably get yours in a China Cup, David. We probably have. To I don't know. I'm sat there in the lower lands down, <laughs> and uh, I, I do not do any of that anymore. No, sorry, you know, David. I'm, sorry. I'm 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 a pensioner now. Yeah, so you know, I have to be very frugal with my spending. Um, one day I might get a one day one day I might get a sponsor for this, but then I'll have all you lot knocking on my door saying, "Oh, but we're contributing. We want to be paid as well." No, I'm only joking. Um, into the second half, Mark. Um, as we said at the start, um, a goal worthy of winning any game. If Harry Kane or any of those top strikers in the Prem have put that one in, uh, take us through the goal as you saw it, Mark. Well, Andy Andy King's um, about. Uh, 20 yards outside the box. Uh, well, it's about 30 yards out. Andy King just plays plays the ball to Vyman on the edge of the area. 
he, he looks up, shifts it from his right foot to his left foot and bends the ball around the players and the goalkeeper with pace, precision, technique, execution, pace, 6.0, you know, artistic impression, technical merit. It was a stunning goal. Uh, you know, we, we were worried about mediocrity. We hadn't scored, you know, in front of goal. We hadn't scored a goal from open play up to then. That probably amounted to four games because it was about, I think it was about the 24th minute against Wigan when Rob Atkinson scored that uh, headed goal and the other two goals mm. were were penalties. It's uh, it Sunderland against Hull. This was a stunning goal worthy of the Premier League. Absolute beauty. It it just makes days like this work. You know, you you live for goals. You you live you live for what your team win. But it lifted the old stadium in a, in a dull game. And thank you, Andy Vyman. It, it's, yeah. uh, it was brilliant. It it it, it was a good one. Uh, Ian, um, the the goal. There was, I've, I've seen the goal back a couple of times now. Uh, I'm going to only watch, a couple. I'm going to watch for the uh, penalty that wasn't given to Blackpool that Neil alluded to. But uh, I thought a good thing about the goal: the space was created because Naki Wells sort of ran across and took a defender with him, and that opened up that gap. But describe how you saw the goal, Ian. Well, Anis Mametti made a run across and took a midfield player out the way. Um, great no-look pass from Andy King. I mean, it wasn't a 40-yarder, but it was like the Marlon Pack no-look pass. Um, so he's got the ball into him. Weidman's therefore got a little bit of room, uh, came back on his left foot and bent it into the top corner. Now, this is his first goal since November, and that's Bristol City's first goal from outside the box in 36 games so one thing i've continually criticized our team for is our firstly our shooting when we do shoot is terrible and our lack of shooting which was highlighted in in the first half when we we did have 10 shots uh, sorry 11 shots but only one was on target so that had everything that had the quality um and and it was long overdue for andy Vyman. and the great thing about andy Vyman normally is when he scores goals, he gets them in clumps. Yeah. So I'm hoping he, he gets, uh, like he did at the start of the season, where he got four goals in four games, that he does the same thing over the next, or even better, over the next two or three games. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right with him scoring goals in those little clutches. He's been renowned for that, so I would say, not only at his time with City, and his career uh, overall. I mean, Neil, that... that the finish, yeah. We why haven't we seen more shots outside the box by the by, by us? Because I was crying out for them. To, I, th- to, I, th- to I think do it, I think it is showed what can be done, doesn't it? I think the last few games we are starting to see a diff- perhaps a different mindset now. I mean, Mametti had one from outside the box. Bell came on mm. and he had a shot from outside the box, and I looked across at, at Pearson winning that shot. And albeit it was like 88 minutes or whatever like that, we're 2 0 up. But Pearson applauded him mm. for doing it and for having that. That was rather, Bell's shot, was it? Bell's shot, yeah. 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 Ra- rather than, rather than, oh God, you know, yeah. keep hold of the ball, don't shoot or whatever. So I think I think we need to be a little bit braver as a team from outside the box. We often we often get to the 18 yard box or just outside 20, 25 yards, and we're looking to actually. You know, pass it left, pass it right, looking for this perfect goal down the wings, crossing it in, and all of this. Whereas actually, you know, that case in point, the Blackburn game with Zach Viner, didn't he? He mm. was brave. He came forward. He shot. Keeper made a mistake. Semenyo slots it in. Sometimes you have to make things happen in that situation. And Andy Viner was really brave to take that shot on his weak foot. Mm. He's not normally round with his left no, no, no. foot. He's the best one in the world. But for me, fantastic pass by uh, Andy King. Yeah. You know, a few times during that game, he would do a bit of a no-look sort of pass. That's it. Inside. He did one in the first half that released Sykes on, yeah. on the inside as well. So I think sometimes with King, yeah, he's 34, 35 this he's year. still got it. There's still somebody there with fifty plus Welsh caps, isn't there? Yeah. And you sort of watch it and and those and little passes. And played at the highest level. And played, and played at the, at highest, the level. highest level. Premiership winner, and you know a no look pass into Vyman, and again 
Claude Vreiman's bravery <laughs> in, in actually shooting because we've seen those with Andy before where they go for a corner. Well, well he near, tried near a in the corner. He tried, wasn't it? Vreiman tried a lob just after, it might have been after the second goal. We'll talk about the second goal in a minute. But Vreiman yeah. did a, a lob, didn't he, that just dropped the wrong side of the crossbar, the angle of coast and bar. Yeah. I think I mean, it was him. So we need to do, we need, we need to do more, we more, need more of that. Now. We need more. We need more goals from the midfield. Yeah, you know we need more. Well, as they said on Sky, that's Scott's second of the season, but yeah. only his first in the league yeah, this absolutely. season. We'll yeah. talk. We'll yeah, talk about some year. individual performances as well in a moment. Um, coming to you next, Mark. Yeah. Um, Hello. The game. The game is wrapped up with ten minutes to go, and Harry Cornick, not Harry Connick, Harry Cornick had come on <laughs> with twenty-three minutes plus stoppage time, so he got best part of half an hour. I thought that was the best he's done for us now that's against a very low bar but uh, you know although you know does he get an assist for it not really because it was half cleared yeah but uh, describe describe that uh, goal and your thoughts on uh, Cornick the second goal that made it 2-0 on uh, 80 minutes well he's released on the right hand side as time and space that he hits it into the area and the defender just kicks it straight back to to Alex Scott. There's another defender next to this central defender, and he hits uh, it hits it uh, through through both of them and past an unsighted keeper who's just stood up and, and is able to watch the ball go to his right. It was just a question of Alex Alex Scott steadying his nerves, hitting you know hitting the ball with his instep, and it was going to it was two nil all the way. You know, a great finish and long overdue. Uh, his first goal didn't of the season. It, did he? No. No, no, yeah. one of those old you know, young, young blood uh, top keepers from the, from the 70s, you know, who just stand there as uh, Gerd Muller would hit the ball past him and not make a dive. But it was, he had no chance. It was hit through two players. Uh, and that was that was Blackpool done. And thank God for that, because uh, you just yeah. worry at 1-0 that despite them being completely outplayed, that they could sneak, they could sneak a goal. But that was that was that was the game done. Yeah. Ian, um, we're going to talk about individual performances, but, uh, you know, I'll ask you about uh, Alex Scott overall and the goal. I thought Scott today, the other podcast the other week, I was saying he needs to be imposing himself more on games if he is worth 20 million or between 15 and whatever upper number people want to put on it. Yeah, he did run the midfield today. Yeah, would you agree with that view and take us through the goal as you saw it? Well, I think uh, Cornick did well to put in a challenge and put the defender off and then he got the ball. And once again, it was a poor cross because it it was straight at the defenders. And uh, I think Naki Wells was uh, stood behind him at the time. Uh, but they, they cocked up the clearance and it was low on the floor, right out the front of the box. And in fairness to Alex Scott, he showed a lot of composure because he took the ball, took a touch and then sent the keeper sent the keeper the wrong way uh, with his shot because the keeper was thought he was going to try and bend it in the bottom left and he smashed it towards the left center of the goal uh, and it and it went in firmly over the line but that is what we want more of from Alex Scott and and you can only judge a player on what he does that day at the time you can't say well, he's not had a lot of shots and goals and assists. That's his first league goal of the season, mm. right? And I think he's played thirty. Was he played thirty-six games, something like that? Is yeah, right up there. Yeah, them, Scotty, and that isn't enough for a player of his obvious talent and ability. So, yeah. let's you know, you you can only make a judgment at the time. In other words, it's like saying the first half the quality was poor with our in the final third. It was second Again. half. Again, was, again, second half, it was much better. And our finishing um, was much better. If you can call those, you know, Scots, you can call that a finish. Andy Vineman was just one of those goals that, that you ain't going to save that with two goalkeepers. No, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, Neil, the, 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 um, the, the one touch Ian mentioned, uh, Scott, that was composure there and it was a good shot window for him because you know people have said to me who saw the man city game you don't watch city week in and week out we look good scott looked at home amongst players of better quality um 
you know, and there was one run that he did today where he cut in, I think it led to their bloke getting booked mm. and he did nice little slip passes and whatever. He, he was everywhere today. I mean, you know, that is a performance that, you know, if you're a, you're not a top four side necessarily, but if you're a, any premiership side, you're thinking, well, I, I, I could get that player in my team next season. Yeah. Do you think we're going to be, you know, the price is right. We're going to get a good price from come what may. I thought Scott was excellent today. Mm. Point one. Point two, he generally plays better when teams aren't applying the full press on him. Normally, last couple of months, he's been man-marking games. Jonathan Holt did it up at Huddersfield, just yeah. went around kicking him and all the rest of it. Because they realise, opposing teams, how important he, Alex Scott is to the way that we play. So you shut him down in the same way they used to do with Nicholas Elias back a few years ago, mm. you know, double team and all the rest of it. Mm. Showing what's the plan B? LJ didn't have a didn't plan have B. One. No. And so we say he might not have had a plan A. But, well, there we go. but the point is with with him today, he was on cruise control in that mm. game. I thought Blackpool, particularly in midfield, were poor today. Mm. Um, and as we said at the start of the programme, I thought that were far and away the the poorest team that I've seen down the game this season. Now, that game, he was in cruise control. He could turn it on when he wanted it to, but there was no pressure on him at all. I keep thinking to myself, he's going to get a book in at some stage, because I think it has affected his performances yeah. a little bit. You know, this reticence, normally he gets stuck in, he mm. gets niggly and all the rest of it, but he's obviously under firm instructions. You get one more book in, that's You're you out for two. two. And we are and really then the cut struggling. off, and the cut off is if he avoids a booking against Luton, is it is that the cut? I've read that somewhere. I might right. be wrong if somebody wants to. But but with regards to it, you know, today he was in cruise control. But when he gets the ball, he he his pace of passing, and he injects the pace into it. And with Naismith not on the pitch at the moment, is so crucial to us with Alex Scott because otherwise we're ponderous. We are still ponderous. Yeah. And Ian made a, a very good point there about the first half. It was a bit slow and plodding. You know, there was there was 11 shots, in inverted commas, seven block shots. Mm. Well, what do seven block shots tell you about 11 shots? It tells you you wanted an extra touch yeah, yeah. or you were a bit slow. Well, or we didn't, didn't test the key. Or you we didn't, didn't test the key. No, there was one on target. So block, we, block, we shots don't, block shots don't count, though, I don't think, Neil. That It's only the, the shots on goal that count. I don't think... No, there was 11 count, shots on goal, but there were seven block shots in the first half. Yeah, I don't think they, they don't they don't they don't count though, do they? Uh, as shots on on goal. I, well, if you teach it, if they, they do, if, yeah. if, if you look at it, it'll 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 say the block shots is it's semantics. But it's, we we certainly didn't have eighteen shots on goal in that first half, Mark. I don't recall their goalkeeper doing. No, he had like one save. Yeah, and so the, we got and, and it says the stats: three shots yeah. on target. Well, is that right. is that right? Yes, apologies. Yeah. No, two of them, two of them, two goals. So. So, realistically, he didn't have much to do today. Mm. But I think, uh, basically, we, we were a little bit ponderous. We, we don't, we miss that injection of energy in the sense that mm. actually Naismith does bring to us alongside Scott. I think the two do complement each other, but obviously mm. we're still a few weeks away well, from we are. that. We are, we are, we are, we are. Um, Mark, uh, let's start look at a few individual performances or combinations. Um Tanner and Sykes down the right-hand side. Sykes is always full of running, and you can't fault Tanner for effort. The spectre of Kane Wilson is looming on the bench. Um, do you see Kane Wilson featuring in the next two away games, maybe? I thought with 2-0 up, they, might, they could have given him 10 minutes right at the end. But, but what, what do you think of the Tanner-Sykes combo? Tanner, to me, sometimes doesn't look as assured as even Jada Silva and certainly Cam Pring on the other side. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Mark? Well, I've, he can be tested. He's definitely been tested offensively, uh, defensively because um, Villaging and Jack Clark, have, he's allowed both of those to get on their best foot at Cardiff and Sunderland and, and score and to score two uh, goals from outside the box. 
So, you know, that's counting against him. Going forward, he hasn't looked bad and he has linked up with, with Sykes. With, he's linked up with Sykes quite well, you know, energetic. And I think he's growing into that role, a role where really he hasn't got a lot of competition with a Kane Wilson. We just don't know because Kane Wilson yeah. was struggling at the start of the season. Yeah. We were playing a different formation, the 3 4 1 2, where he was a wing back. He wasn't uh, a. Uh, uh, a, a, a right, a right back, of, or a full, a full back as we know it, and we, I mean, there were huge expectations for Kane Wilson because he was uh, in the team of the season at Forest Green. After you know, he started off at West Brom and didn't make it there. We thought this, you know, every, I think everybody thought that this was the next step in in Kane's career, but because of fitness problems, it it just hasn't happened so, so far. So I think he's got to start all over again. He's yeah. simply got to start all over again. His, his season really starts. He might get a few minutes here and there, but who knows? We we no, just we don't, don't know. I don't think, think he's he's not going to get on the pitch for his sentiment. Uh, no. So we'll have. So if he if he, I, I think it might take an injury injury to Tanner. We just don't know his ability because we haven't but seen. You it could play him, but you could play him in the sights role in front in more advanced because he did do loads of assists. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Po- possibly but that puts less less pressure on him. I think. I mean, he, he didn't look woeful when he was playing the, the cameo appearances that we saw. Okay, moving yeah. on. Ian, um, you know, um, campering at left of Viner saved that ball that bounced over the top. But I thought he looked uh, accomplished. He looked energetic. Thought he looked reasonably well with uh, with Jay, but it's a nice thing to have a player that just on today's performance could play not only on the outside but on the inside and can play wide midfield if called upon. But Pring is, you know, people used to say tired uh, after seventy minutes, but he seems to be like a roadrunner at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, firstly, the Philogene goal at Cardiff was nothing to do with George Tanner. It was in the opposite side of the pitch. And he got inside Jada Silva and Alex Scott was jogging back instead of running back to stop him. And he'd, and he'd done that when he was playing on the right. He'd cut inside again in the first half and tested O'Leary with the identical shot. So that's, I'm not, I think one of the best things about our team at the moment is the Tanner-Sykes combination and the Jada Silva or Cam Pring Mimeti combination. So I think it'd be an unfair to Tanner. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I said last week on the podcast that I think um, Wilson's most likely position is um, coming on or replacing or uh, when he's injured uh, Sykes, because I think that would suit him that further forward uh, role. Uh, on the outside of a three, because when you're defending, it it, it basically becomes four five one, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I I think he could do that, and I think he'll get he'll get minutes towards the end of the season. Um, but I like the the shape of our team with Tanner and Sykes, and I mean preferably you. Although I thought Jada Silva had a really good game today, uh, you'd want. Pring and Mametti on that left side, so I don't think uh, that's where we're uh, that's where we're short. So no, that would that would be my view on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You you mentioned uh, Mametti. Uh, he did uh, Neil. That was uh, was that the first time he's done a full ninety for us today? I'm not sure. Possibly. I, I kept thinking Bell was going to come on and actually place yeah. him on the left. But he didn't because he just he just fade a little bit in the second half. But I thought he was better in the second half than he was the first today. But, you know, yeah. do, do you think he's another player that's going to benefit from a proper pre-season? Because physically, I mean, his ball work, his, his quickness of feet, um, his quickness of feet, you know, it, it, it's, it's evident that he's, he can get knocked off the ball a little bit, can't he? Yeah. I've, one of the things that I really like about Mometi is his work rate yeah. and his effort. When he loses the ball, there was a time today in the second half where he got nudged off the ball. And he could sit there, he could roll around, he could throw his hands up in the air and all the rest of it. He got up and he went and won the ball, ball back about two plays later, you know, just yeah. around yeah. He runs. He gets through an awful lot of work in yeah. that. He's a League One player. I know he's had a season in the Championship, but that was in a 
different, uh, difficult yeah. side yeah. of Wickham when it was yeah. going down. Going down. And he's 22 years old. He is going to be a serious player in the next few seasons. Yeah. Once, once you've got a chance to sit down with him, to work two or three months in a system, playing in a way, getting him up to speed, getting him fit, because that's the big thing in the championship, the pace, the physicality, mm. everything about it. It's a big leap. I mean, when we've seen Sykes has taken time to adjust, when we saw big Rob Atkinson come yeah. up, you know, when when it's it's rare that players make that jump from League One into the championship mm. and actually don't need a season or so just yeah. to make that adjustment. It is a massive leap between League One to championship. Um, but I think he's two-footed. There was a time today he went through and he got clipped. And if he'd gone down, I thought that would have been a penalty. So second, second half down second. in the bottom corner. Yeah. 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 And he got clipped, but he stayed on his feet. Referee played advantage. He lost the ball, all the rest of it. But that, he, he's got two really quick feet. And running at him, yeah, he's not. He's never going to be a Semenyo in terms of physicality. The physicality no. But Semenyo was pretty much a one-off in this division, wasn't it? Yeah. There wasn't too many times in this in this division where you saw players with no. his level of physicality no. and pace. Well, we get a chance to see him next season. Although the mighty Bournemouth beat well, Liverpool in front of well, I, a ten thousand crowd. I read in the week that, um, whether there's any truth in this or not. Some of the sell-ons for Semenya. If if Bournemouth stay up, we've got a fair decent amount of money coming Don't to worry. us. Yeah, some additional money coming to us. So yeah. And Kelly, I see Kelly was back in their side today, but Semenya yeah. only got on with two minutes to go. Well, he, he, start, he started at Arsenal he last did. week. He, he did. So no, he's, he he's in and out, but fantastic yeah. win for them. Today. Yeah. Um, Mark, referee Darren Bond. I thought he refereed it quite well. The game flowed. It was a bit robust at times, but, you know, he didn't call play back a couple of times when the team that had been us had been uh, impaired. Uh, you know, we still had the ball. I thought he did well. What did you think, Mark? Yeah, first of all, can I apologise about my mistake with uh, George Tanner? It, yeah, I did not know my left from my right, so thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> that was a bit of a cop-out. Um, yeah, you know, don't if you don't, if you don't notice a referee, he keeps he keeps the game the game the game flowing. That that's that's a great great thing. If he you know if he doesn't if he's not fussy or misses misses a, a lot of fouls. I mean, the Huddersfield game the other night was awful for watching us getting kicked off the pitch in the first half and some yeah. some horrible fouls. No, this 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 was uh, was a lot better. I didn't really notice him at all because. Uh, there, I think there are hardly any fouls in the game that that I noticed. So uh, I think we did five and they did fourteen. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd expect that for a team down down the bottom and us having what? How much possession did we have in the end? About 64 percent par for the course now. But I think he he did a good job and uh, yeah. Yeah, happy, okay. happy with the performance. All right, that's the game done to death. We started talking a second ago, and I pulled it back. I'll come to you first, Ian, on this. And Ian, did you see um, Nigel's comments about Hanoa Masengo on the press conference before the game today? If you didn't, and I, I think Neil did, uh, but did you see those comments, and what did you make of them? Well, I, as I understand it, I didn't. I read about read people's reaction to it i didn't bother to listen because that that sort of thing doesn't really float my boat but i, I think he said something like that masengo didn't want to play for us didn't he um okay for the benefit of those i've i've heard it and neil chip in here um he was saying that masengo sort of waved goodbye to the crowd at huddersfield away last season and that's where neil that. was at yeah and then, you know, made it clear, I don't want players here that don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, as somebody else pointed out on uh, Twitter, but promptly played him through most of September, October and November, when we didn't have the injury crisis we've got at the moment. But, you know, Masengo, Ian, you know, we how, how well we could have done with him just being around, you know, because surely he would have got, got in the squad by now if not being a starter yeah so it oh. seemed a bit contradictory by Pearson doesn't it that oh. I knew he was going we didn't want him around yet he played him for most of the first third of the season didn't he well it doesn't help when Masengo has probably the best game he ever had for us up at Preston even had the uh, the Preston fans purring about him and I think I'm right in saying the next game he dropped him yeah to the bench so 
but you know, if I'm if I'm Masengo, young lad, I'm thinking, well, what am I supposed to do to get a game for this bloke? This bloke really don't rate me. Um, you know, and and look, the drive this year, and I, I've got a bit, I don't know, a little bit cheesed off with it. I totally understand it. I understand the financial situation, but the drive this year has been to get players out of the club and save as much money as possible. All right, that's what whilst staying in this division, and I don't think our hopes of uh, of anything higher of um, uh, of being in place since the um, since well probably after the very start of the season when we were scoring a few goals and Conway was doing well we and we thought oh yeah well possibly but after that it, it became a bit of a struggle um, so until until we got to January and uh, everything seemed to click into place when we started playing the back four but uh, on on Masengo I I think he we'll see how how well he does in France. I think you'd definitely get a contract over there. I think we we overpaid for him and we improved him physically, but I don't think we improved him technically as a footballer. If if anything, I think he regressed and went the other way. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Neil, you heard the uh, you heard the interview. Mm. Um, you know, I think if you're in with Pearson, you're in. You know, you know when substitutions are made. Embraces players, you know. I think you know people that are loyal. He rewards that loyalty, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, he has he has had situations where Jade Silver, Campering, players that have gone and, and Atkinson and Atkinson. I think the Atkinson Naki all last season. Yeah. But then I that think, was because we had WSM. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the Atkinson thing. If I go back, I think that was before a game. Was it the Huddersfield game or something mm. like that? Where he was he was in the starting lineup and then he was sick or whatever. Mm. And then I think it was a Huddersfield home game. Others are correct me. But then I think it was like it's a confidence thing, isn't it? Mm. But when he throws you you know, when he throws you under the bus, he throws you under the bus, doesn't he? But he doesn't do it publicly he doesn't come out and say that you know like the bartons of this world who will just you know through mm-hmm. their bipolar moments absolutely slag somebody off and then three weeks later bring them back in saying they've been fantastic in training yeah. or something like that yeah. you know he does things in a, in a in a way in which you're never entirely sure what's going on but obviously, he was questioned about the Masengo thing on the basis of the fact of our, our weakest numbers. Obviously, Dylan Cadge is out at, uh, out at Swindon. Um, then you've got, you know, we let Towler go to Portsmouth. Josh Lowe is at Warsaw. You know, all of these decisions you can make with hindsight and can say if we didn't have the injuries that we currently have, you know, that would, would we make those? At the time when they were left, it was entirely the right decision. If it's proven now because of injuries, form, whatever, you know, you don't know what you don't know at no. the end of the day. Yep. No, that's true. That's true. All right, let's look uh, look forward. Two away games before the international break. Um, Luton away, going to be tough. One at Sheffield today, compact little ground, bit of an atmosphere on Wednesday. At least we've got an extra day. I lived there for 12 years. To, to recover. Used to go there. Tom, Thomas was uh, in the academy then. So, Luton, very difficult. The way end, like everybody loves, you walk through people's back gardens. You do, yeah. The, the yeah. To bizarre walking over people's back gardens to get a new air. But their, their new stadium, once they get that new stadium at Power Court. They've actually got one in the office, haven't they? Yeah, they, they, they have planning, they've got planning permission for it. And what they did is they bought a load of land out by the M1. And they were going to redevelop it for retail and supposed to have this House of Fraser store there and all of this type of retail parks. And of course, COVID here and the downturn in the economy. So then they, they've done a, a, a different planning thing and housing and all the rest of it there. And it's 25 minutes out from London. So they've got planning permission. The Power Court site, which is close right next to the railway station, it, it needed some infrastructure stuff. It needed power stations, putting in electricity yeah. stuff and, there's a river down there, the River Lee, and, and all the rest of it. 
that's taken time in the middle of the COVID. But when they actually get going, they could be a Brentford. Yeah, they, they yeah. could really, you know, seventeen and a half thousand stadium, and where they are sited in in Bedfordshire, you know, good old all, all, all of all of us remember the Luton of the eighties and nineties. Yeah, Ricky Steen and yeah, uh, Brian Steen, Brian Steen, Ricky Hill, Ricky Hill. That's it. And you know, Mick Harford. Yeah, and all the, and Paul Walsh. Yeah, all of these great players. Danny Wilson. Danny Wilson. Danny Wilson. Danny Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they won the League Cup, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they beat Arsenal, didn't they? Three two. Anyway, but they're not uh, playing. They're not playing. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're a team that's on that, and he's he's done well, hasn't he? He's a good manager. That's Rob Edwards, Edwards the ex Forest Green. Forest Green. Forest Green. But I'm, considering he lost the, the Watford job earlier this season, he, he you know bounced back to do that. You know, after uh, Nathan Jones I wonder if they'd have left the vacancy Jones open. Back again. Well, give, give him six months. At the football. Mark, this is one for you and for Ian as well. In the last uh, three years or something like that, last three or four years, Watford have had as many managers as West Ham have had in their entire existence. Yeah, but they've had 18 managers in 12 years or something. Yeah, West Ham have had less managers in their entire existence than Watford have had in their last three years. Isn't that an incredible yeah, stat? I heard a stat. That is a stat. Yeah, I heard a stat. a stat the other day that I think um uh was it Conte? Sorry, um Daniel Levy, he's had eight managers in thirty years. So none of them managed to do uh, do that. So Luna Way, Swansea. Ian, what I, I you know, two fixtures that it would just be nice to what does success look like from two fixtures? Two wins, obviously, but what, what would you be happy with as a points total coming? away before the break oh well I, i'd accept two i'd take three i think luton's going to be very difficult because they've got physical presence up front uh they play a th- uh, three four one two with two big strikers up front um it, like you say it's a tight ground i mean like like you neil i lived up there for oh, about 20 years and um I actually had a police inspector who used to live next door to me, who you might know, but I'll, but I'll take I'll speak to you about that off air. Um, I I think, um, yeah, I mean, look, I I could what would be ideal six points, but I'd certainly take uh, I'd take two points from it. Although I think if we could get a point at Luton, Swansea aren't going brilliantly, and their manager's been under a lot of pressure. The two games will suit us more than the last games we played because we won't have anything like as much of the ball. And when we can play on the counter-attack, we're a far better side. Um, I can't see any of the injured players coming back before the international break, but I suppose we could, on the bright side, we could have three back just after. And by the three, I'm talking James, Naismith and Conway. So let's get there as well as we can. I mean... If we had, say, at least 50 points before the international break, at least you can go full steam ahead for, and planning for next season in the championship. Yeah. No, that's just what I was thinking. In two draws, keeps the well, keeps the runs gone now, but it keeps the good form going. And two draws puts us on the magic uh, 50. Uh, two, two wins and, you know, there's that little dying ember of could we do what John Ward did in 1997? But... I think that shit has, uh, has long passed. So uh, just to wrap up, everybody, uh, Mark, you first. Uh, reasons to be cheerful, as one of the threads says on uh, OTIB at the moment. Uh, reasons to be cheerful, nothing to do with the Ian Jury and the Blockhead song of the same. That was old <laughs> I love that oh, song. Why, why was it Reasons to be Cheerful Part 3? I don't know. You that. have to you have to you have to ask you have to ask Mr. Jory about that. He's dead. He did pass away a few years ago. Yeah, yeah he, he has just gone. He has he, gone. Yeah, wrote, we, wrote, we, wrote. Yeah. We're not renowned for being uh you know un, 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 we're not renowned for being cut half full people, but it's you know, if we can maintain displays like we did today, yeah. like we did today, it all goes well for next season, doesn't it? Yeah, I think we got young. What the, the reasons to be cheerful are: 
players coming through the academy, meteoric rise of, of Omar Taylor-Clark, and then you've got the likes of Marty Francois and Callum uh, uh, and, and Callum Wood on the bench. Brilliant. Other players like they've seen the emergence of Sam Bell and and uh, uh, and uh, Tommy Conway this season. And don't forget, he might be back for the Swansea game, if not perhaps the Red, Reading game. Uh, Alex Scott continues uh, continues to get national coverage. He'll he'll improve. He'll add goals to his game. Two goals from open play and a goal from outside outside the box. Yeah. And Andy Vyman's first since since November. And what yeah. a stunner it was. Those are the reasons to be cheerful. Tough games, but Luton have actually got a worse home record. Uh, they're actually only thirteenth uh, in the uh, in the home league table. They've they've only they've won two games less than us this season at home. Although they are top of the away table, so perhaps. It'll be a it'll be a great result to get at least a point there, but I'm yeah. we'll go there full of confidence. Both of those teams will be going for a win. That gives us a good a good puncher's chance of getting a result. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season, uh, yeah. David. Really looking forward right, to it. That's now. good, Mark Neil. Um, you know we we've had our low moments during this season, but on balance, you know I I I, I feel a corner has been turned because if you look, if you've got a full squad, we've got the wage bill down. If we have, once we have a full squad, mm. we've got the cost out, whether people like Jay and Callas will be here next season. Yeah. It will be, we'll be sad to lose Scott with the inevitable, but you know, let's say half of that money is reinvested in three players in today's transfer market. It should add value to the side and we've seen glimpses like when the Messi was cutting into the box today and Sykes with these incisive runs. Mm. We're starting to see a side that right from day one Nigel promised us fast flowing football and even three months ago we were thinking what really? But it feels it feels a long time ago that West Brom at home boxing I know. didn't it? Well, I think we were twenty. That was de- it. Was it was desperate, wasn't it? That game we we couldn't yeah, we I couldn't think, land we couldn't land. But the thing the thing the thing was Neil. Sorry, they, we couldn't land That's a glove like, on them, could we? That day we just couldn't land a glove on them, could we? Well, it came on the back. It came on the back of the Stoke City defeat at home as well. And that it? that second goal for me, where Brandon Sander, you know, it was all yeah. And and we just didn't get going in that game. Yeah. And then of course we played him in the cup. Then the following month and arguably one of our better performances of the season in relation to it. But the point for me is really over the last year, 18 months, the academy. Yeah. Where would we be as a club? When you look at the players we have sold, the money we have had into the club, Mm. the wasted opportunities we've had with so many transfers of people where... You know, we've put ourselves in such a difficult position. It's like somebody, you know, people in their private lives who have taken out too much credit and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. And then they, they find themselves unable to sort of... Re- we put ourselves in a desperate... Self, it was a self... It was completely yeah. self-inflicted. Yeah. With regret. But if we look at how many young players are on that pitch at the yeah. moment... Well, Sky put up a graphic for it today. Because it put up minutes of academy players. And it started really? with... I think Omar, well, at the bottom, yeah. it was about 10. Omar Taylor-Clark with, well, whatever he played I think, today. Yeah. And he went right up to the top with Zach Viner, 3,300 minutes. And then Alex Scott, and you can see minutes play. Well, I can't, I can't think of another club in the championship at no. the moment that has as many academy players playing in a minute. No. Now, if we are able to... Scott's going. Yeah. I think that's a... Done, yeah. done deal. So Scott's going, Semenyo's gone. I think actually the Semenyo deal potentially is not a bad deal for yes. us. I, mean, I was sad to see him lose and uh, sorry to see him go. But he wasn't going to sign a new contract. No. So we didn't. Out the pitch. door. Good we d- yeah, we didn't muck around like we did with Fami. No. And, and end up sort of doing it. We made the decision that let's, let's move on. But I think, um, I think Silver will be gone. I think Callas will be gone. Yeah. That's what so, Tom has just said on the text. And you I agree with well, I agree yeah. with you, Tom. I, know. The, I, I think they're gone. They're, they're legacy players. And, you know, it's with regret, but they need to go. We're, we're moving in a, in a fresh in direction. In a different, in a fresh direction. And with four or five the Brist, players the Bristol, The Bristol Babes, again. Mm, no. Mm. I, I don't know at the moment. I mean, for, for me, 
what what is nice about it is that there's players coming in and the young players coming in and they're stepping up. They're not, you know, even Dylan Cash when he came on in that cup game, you know. Well, he did it. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, he started against not, Wickham, didn't he? There's no argument for playing Taylor Clark at, at Luton. Yeah. Well, so I, I would say in, yeah. in, in that sense. And Matty James might be fit with that. Ian, do you feel, do you feel, Ian, that we have turned a corner? And we touched on it last week a bit. And if we do get that top half finish, do you think the summer is the time to give Nigel a contract extension? Absolutely not. Why does he need a new contract? He's got another year left. Yeah. I I, you won't often hear me saying, well, I totally agree with John Lansdowne, but I totally agree with John Lansdowne. Look, we've, we are much better this season than last, right? No argument. We've still got horrendous problems with injuries. Um, and that's let's not kid ourselves. That's why a lot of the young lads are are out there and in the team and having so much game time. Mm. At one point in the Holden Pearson season, we had twenty one oh. players, twenty one players, twenty one players injured. So we've we've moved forward from that. That's progress as well. But we've currently. And we keep getting these long-term injuries. Now, I touched on last week, we've got, if we're signing players from League Two, it seems to take them a year to get up to physical fitness so that they can they can play without getting injured. Or if a player hasn't played for a while, and the examples I gave were Wilson with his knee, Tanner with two hamstrings, and King with two hamstrings. So I, I'm... But we're going to, if we're signing players, I'm concerned. We're talking about bringing Jack Curry in uh, from Wimbledon as, as the replacement for De Silva, who will leave. And I think, I think I'm, I'm about 50 50 on Thomas Callas because um, he has got to prove his fitness. But I still think without proving his fitness, um, he'll, he'll get a, a move abroad or even in this country on more money. But, um, I'd look at extending. Someone's asked me, I think it's Tomo on here, when would you extend his contract then? Um, yes, I think Christmas would be an ideal time to extend it if we're going well. Um, yeah. There's no need to extend it now. He knows what he's got to do in the summer. Tinian says he's got the deal set up. I don't think he's talking about three, possibly four if Scott goes. I think it's at least six. And I think we need a much, uh, we need a bigger squad unless in, in we can almost completely solve the injury problem, which I don't think we can. And I know no. all, all sides get no. injured, but unfortunately, I, with, with us, it's key players and it's long-term yeah. injuries. And, and, and I, I, you know, any side that goes through that, and Luton went through it to an extent last season, still finished in, in the top six. So, no, I wouldn't do it at the moment. Let's take a, a look at what happens for the rest of this season, what happens in the summer, and how we start next season. And I think, yeah, I'd be, I'd agree with Tomo. I think Christmas would be a really good time if, if everything's going according to plan. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. Ian. All right, everybody. Um, thank you, everyone who's listened today. Thank you, Neil, sat here to my left. It is always good when you're in the same room as somebody and maybe if we didn't do them live, we'd do them on Zoom and we'd be able to see each other and it'd be more of a discussion. But, uh, you know, it's been a good one today. Thanks, Neil. Mark, thank you. Yeah, good luck, yeah, thank everyone. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Thank, thank you, you as much. always. We've got here in the end. I'm going to have to chop off the front bit of this because I did a take two when you couldn't it was your it was your connection sir but uh, we're all back in now uh, is, I don't know if is there a match of the day tonight I don't know what they're doing I don't know what well, they'll, they'll be there'll be no presenters no no pundits and I think all of the commentators have come out in sympathy as well yeah. they can use I don't know if they there is a world feed available well they'll, well, they'll be used you'll hear the they'll voice probably, the voices of other the commentators they'll probably use the radio commentary that's what yeah. they normally do for the FA Cup games interesting no they, we'll they, they cancelled football focus today as well there was no and final score 
There was yeah. no football. Did I read right that the gas weren't letting the BBC do interviews with them or something? But well, Nigel Pearson didn't say he wouldn't speak. To the PF, the PF, yeah, the P, the PFA uh, said players won't give any interviews. Oh, so today. Nigel Neil's just told me Nigel Pearson wouldn't speak to the BBC after the game today as well. So there we go. Well, yeah. All right, guys, listeners. Thanks. Have a great weekend. What's left of it? And if you're listening during the week, yeah, thank you for doing that. Uh, the three pods from Man City onwards, well, in other words, a 10-day period, 2,400 downloads. Now, that's probably 800 people listening to all three pods, but thanks ever so much for that. It does make it worthwhile, and your contributions and what have you are very welcome. So, everyone, thanks again. Have a great week. We'll be back recording uh, the Luton game on Thursday morning. Thoughts on the Luton game on Thursday morning. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Stay safe. Bye. Bye-bye. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba-bubbing along. Red, red robin come bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along.